Hey, I'm Matt. I'm Chad. I'm Tyler. We're Radio Silence. I'm Tom, and this is The Crawl. Welcome to the podcast. Uh, our guest today is Chester Tam. He just finished his first movie as writer, director, actor. It's called Take the Ten. And uh, he's an old friend of mine. We used to live together over a decade ago, 15 years ago, when we both first moved to LA. And then we've worked together a lot on Chad, Matt, and Rob stuff back in the day. Chester's a really great guy. And he's been working on this movie, uh, on getting this made for almost seven or eight years. And so it's really exciting to finally see it get made and be done. And um, Chad and I saw, I think, Final Cut, right? Yes. Yeah, and it was awesome. And so it uh, should be out soon. And he's a really great guest. It was a lot of fun to have him on here. So I hope you guys enjoy the interview. All right, Chess, so you just did your first movie. Uh, let's just start at the beginning. Like, what, what was the process for you, like, getting, getting the script to distributor? Um, I had my producer, Sam Adu, who was um, attached to the script for eight years, um, he was he was one of the few people who stuck with the script after everyone kind of had passed around town and um he was adamant and and really um uh tenacious about getting the script to people and um at the time our distributor was looking for smaller projects and so i believe uh he talked to uta who, who where there's an independent um uh department at uta that uh was sending scripts to our distributor and um and you know we have we had a little small package together at the time with some actors involved so uh they sent it over to them and this is i mean it's all kind of weird to me in that i didn't know this was happening oh no shit yeah so when i got a call last august it was from uta and like there was like uh you know the assistant picks up i'm sure you guys know this the assistant picks up and goes hi chester i have uh sam jay and like five other agents (laughs) on for you and i was like oh shit my initial reaction i don't don't know about you guys is always like oh shit what did i do oh totally yeah they're gonna let me go (laughs) you're kind of guilty you're fired you never get to work on a movie ever again (laughs) like i wonder if kevin hart feels the same way when he gets a call he's like oh shit i'm fucking gonna get fired i'm sure yeah probably not (laughs) i think he'll be fired <laughs> um so yeah so i didn't i didn't actually know until uh in august when they called me and, and told me that um my distributor had read the script it was just wanted to meet with me so it happened like I, I met with him probably uh two weeks after that phone call like right before labor day and and uh and talked to him about my vision for the movie and how i wanted to execute uh the script and how it would look and all that stuff and and then we kind of we it was a slow process from then until like when we started pre-production because there was a lot of budgetary stuff. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, considering how long I've waited, which was like seven and a half years, like that all once it started, it was, was kind of like a wonderful roller coaster variety of, some, of something going pretty quickly. When when you went in, did you have like visual materials or lookbooks or like a like a reel or anything to no, show them or to that, talk about the movie? That's really interesting. No, but. <laughs> All the other, all the other meetings that I had prior to that of seven years of meetings, I always brought like visuals and a lookbook and like all these things that didn't mean shit right. essentially. Right. Right. 
or maybe I wasn't, maybe I was doing it wrong. Like, I'm not quite sure, but for this, I, I, I didn't, I, I, maybe I could have brought something in, but I just, I just felt right about, like, it all felt right. Like the fact that they wanted me so soon after, I just also didn't have time to put it together. So I was just, I kind of. So what do you, what do you think was the piece that, that had to click in for it to become, I mean, seven and a half years is a long time to. You stop giving a fuck. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Forget that it exists and then it happens. I mean, what, what was the piece that like finally made it, finally made it go? I mean, Matt jokingly said you stopped giving a fuck, but I also think there's a part of that that's true. Yeah. Like actually there There were two producers attached separate from Sam, um, that jumped on the project maybe a year and a half ago in January. And I ended up firing them in May and I was really torn and heartbroken about firing them because I was like, this is my last shot to ever get this movie made. And like I fired them and I was like, all right, well, that's it. I got to move on to something else. And can, then can, why'd you fire him? Can you... Um, that's them, by the way, with the buzzsaw. Yeah, <laughs> they're, they're, cutting, they're cutting my car off. <laughs> um, why did I fire them? I think there was a misunderstanding of of what I thought they wanted, which was that their parent company does a lot of reality TV and wanted to start doing movies. And so what I was told was that this is their way of getting in. This movie was going to be something that they would potentially finance. And when we got to that point, it was a lot of stalling. And then they said to me, well, you don't have the cast package and this movie's too small. Our, comp- our parent company would never invest in this movie. And I was like, I just wasted five right, months with you the guys. Point? Like, what, I can't, I'm not going to go out the same way we've done it. Like, we got to do something new. And then I just I just made the call. I was just like, you know, I don't think this doesn't feel right. You know, like I'm, our communication is bad now. If we started shooting, it would probably be worse. That's great to not yeah. let yourself get stuck in something you know is going to kind of suck. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks, man. Yeah, man. <laughs> really proud of you. <laughs> but yeah, I, I and so I don't. I actually I think it's just a lot of it was luck and a lot of not giving a fuck and I don't know. I I, can't, I I really don't even know what what that one thing that clicked in finally. I think I I mean a lot of it is luck. Right. Like Timing. Luck. Yeah. For sure. I think that's what everybody who's listening to this wants to hear. <laughs> just, just luck. Just it's, get lucky. Yeah. If you get <laughs> lucky and everything lucky. happens at the right time, it'll be great. I mean, thinking about how. My distributor um, is was started to do these low budget movies. It really does feel like there was it's something that's out of our control because I I didn't even know that they were doing that. I'm sure very few people knew that they were doing that. So I don't I I, I don't know. I get right. I, I'm really a bad interviewer to to give advice. I guess. Well, no. I feel like the other trick with a with a low budget indie is the people that you have attached obviously are also chasing and are scheduling bigger things on their slates and in their lives. Yeah. So like, how do you, how do, how do you stand out? You know I mean? It, it, you just, it takes persistence. You just have to, you know, you just have yeah. to like, keep, keep pushing forward. And if yeah. a piece falls out, you work your best to replace it. And did you, did you run into any of that? Were, were pieces kind of falling out of place yeah. as you were, as you were like ramping up to actually get the movie made? Yeah. You know, we had, we had a few people loosely attached when we went into uh, that meeting. And uh, the best part of, I guess the best part of this company that I've worked with, it didn't bother them too much. Like when we eventually told them that certain people weren't going to be a part of it, they were like, cool. Um, we just want clearance about who you are going to cast. And we, we want to, we want to make sure that it's someone that we, we like too. That's great. So, and that so way, it didn't like fall apart in their minds. They weren't like, whoa, 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 what the no. hell is this thing? And that's amazing. I know. And, th- and that's why I feel like they are really reinventing independent filmmaking at that point. Cause it's, they've given, they've given me an, uh, an incredible, a generous amount of creativity and creative, uh, uh power that, uh, 
I wouldn't be able to find with a lot of financiers, I think. Yeah. So when you got to set, what was, or like when you started pre-production, what were the things that you were like, I've never had to deal with this before? Anything stand out? I mean, as you guys all know, it's it, just even having an office. Crazy. Was crazy. Yeah. yeah. Like I, and we had it on the lot over on Formosa. And I was like, you know, I've been on that lot so many times, like when I was, you know, when I was so young or, you know, just as I was shitty ass jobs. And like, I was like, oh shit, I got my own office here. This is crazy. Um, but I'm trying to think of something that really stood out. It's all kind of stuff that I've heard from you guys and I've heard from my other director friends. So I don't, I'm trying to think, I, you know, I think it was production design maybe was a little bit that stood out to me because they really had a strong opinion and like, and like, and like they would, we, I would get forwards of like emails of pictures taken from locations and stuff like that. And production design would have an opinion on it, which was great. But ultimately, it was my decision. But right. you still respect what they say. So, I think in that way, that was a little. I, I think it took. I mean, I got used to it pretty quickly after like two emails. I was like, okay, everyone's she's gonna chime in. Right. Um. And, our, and my production designer was great. Um. So in that way, I think that was the one thing that kind of stuck out to me. Yeah, you acclimate quickly to like, okay, this is how it works now, and these are the choices I have to make. Yeah. And this is the personality. Right. Better or worse. Right. I think we were amazed that everyone that we hired they approached the movie like the movie was about their craft like ah, the you know like ideal which is what yeah, you want you want yeah. you want someone that's like oh this movie is about the set design this movie is about the costumes right like those right. because that they they are they want every bit of what they bring to it to be on screen in as powerful a way as, as possible and i remember th- there was there was definitely an adjustment period where it was like wow are we really we having we're, we're like we're having this conversation again, but then you like calm yourself down and realize no, this is like this is the this is an important conversation. This this ends up in front of the camera. It matters. Like treat it with treat it with respect, and like everyone's there to do I, their I, best work. I totally agree, and, and that and like I love and I was fortunate in that the majority of the people I worked with really gave a fuck and like you know I had an opinion about something you know. Whether it, it was different from what I had, like I love when people have different opinions about it, so I can be like, "Oh yeah, no, no," but I want it like this, you know. And you guys can talk about it, and um, I don't know. It's, it feels inclusive, and like we all are working on something, which is cool. Yeah, making something together. Yeah, it's like yeah the whole exactly. Point. And we talk about that all the time, where it's yeah. like this whole notion that, and I mean, it's part of why we're doing this podcast. Like this notion that like filmmaking should be the director, and and we get it, you know. I mean, I get it, right? Like, but like at the same time, it's like. You can't do it without everybody. That's the truth. It a hundred percent falls apart. That's the truth. Is there a point? I want to ask you guys. Is there a point where you can look back on your films and be like, "Yes, it's a creative process, but I should have put my f-. like." There's a certain yes. point where you have to put 100% your foot down. Fucking percent. Like, no question. Time, yeah. Oh, yeah. so is there times that you look back on your stuff and it's like, "Ah, I should have said, you know stood said up this. harder for that, like or any fought yeah, for that." Yeah not given into that right yeah it's, it's that yeah. weird it's a weird I, balance every, right? every, <laughs> every I, I don't think yeah. that there's a single thing a, pro, a single project where there isn't a moment where you have that where you where you wish you could go back and like steer it just a little bit different even if it feels like it's not a big deal you know i mean all of every choice accumulates to become you know a much bigger thing especially and, in the beginning working with like a bigger like crew where you're like you know, and, and like ADs, UPMs, like they have authority. They act with authority because that's their job. And so when it's your first time, for us, I know it's always like, okay, well, that dude seems like he's fucking in charge. So I know technically we're in charge, but I'm going to listen to him. And I remember a couple of times, especially on Southbound, which is funny because it will remain nameless. But like, <laughs> yeah, it was like there were times where it was like, wait, why are we more concerned with like, 
the next 30 seconds than something that we need and know we're going to have to live with yeah. forever. And you're, you know, we've gotten into like, your name's not on it fight yeah. before where it's like, right. we live or die parts, by it. One of the worst <laughs> yeah. parts of the conversations was like, all right, we got to think, this is going to be a full day. Let's think about what we're going to cut. Just start the day. Right. And, and we're well, like, wait, <laughs> what? Like, no, we got to yeah. need all of it. Yeah. <laughs> right. It's such a deficit right. way of approaching yeah. oh, a wow. process that should be all about abundance. And yeah. Right. Does that right. have that on the movie? I didn't have that necessarily but uh yes i think they were that's funny fighting about fighting what you need and, and you guys are also very different or the same as me in that um you guys come from an editing standpoint as well right, right. which i feel like is such an advantage being on set now and realizing what you need in post and what and you guys are very conscious i guess that's what makes what makes great directors really and also how it makes good low budget, <laughs> yeah. Low budget. well yeah so no one will ever want to give you more than I mean, low budget you're a cat we're capping oh, cool. it you like can a million no, oh great then we don't do anything a one-stop shop <laughs> perfect um but yeah i, I mean be, because of that and i, and I it's funny because i think feel like all like the small videos that we've shot over the years and even though we're doing it for fun and like to build something and uh, and create like it it all helped oh yeah it's such a learning process in a crazy way yeah but i was just saying i i I think um i I didn't have that what chad you were talking about but it definitely got to points where my line producer was like you're you're shooting too much coverage right and i didn't understand what that meant because i was like no i know what i need in post what are you talking about and and I, thankfully i stuck to my guns because when i got the post i was like thank god i got that fucking shot yeah I you don't get to go up. back and i mean you can but like to get it up and running again to yeah. go and get shit that you've quote like missed yeah is it's such a pain in the ass and it's you, we and we that's the the argument that we kept having when we were well it's great when you do it for a studio movie we would rather be Paris. we'd rather pay thousands of overtime if we were this is all hypothetical th- and get it uh, you know when we're all there on the day than have to go back or not have it the, in the whole movie. thing up and running again yeah or just not have it at all it's right. it's so worth it to just say hey for we sure. need to take another hour and cover yeah. this out a different way yeah yeah it's it's that is such a valuable that's such a valuable lesson i think so too um yeah i i i also feel like there's a way to even like I, there's a middle ground too of compromising of you know what i mean of like okay i don't i maybe i don't need this shot but i definitely knowing what you definitely need right um i think is important like and, and there's some shots that i was like i don't know if i need that shot and i and i didn't get it um but because i was definitely sure about this one shot like i, I was able to work around it yeah right I mean, one of, I think, our biggest strengths and problems is that we'll talk each other into things on set where we're like, we don't need that shot, right? We're good. And every, yeah, no, we don't, need, we don't need it. And then we don't do it. And then we get the post. And it's like, <laughs> like the first the fuck thing. did we get that shot? <laughs> Damn it. Oh, yeah. Well. I mean, we spent 15 but, minutes arguing about it. I don't yeah. know. Why would you just fucking do it? <laughs> well, has there ever been a time where you did that? And let's say like, one of these guys like, no, 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 we need that shot. I'm sure. I mean, I can't think of anything I am, but I'm right. sure. I mean, we, we, it's every, everything is like, we get the basics and it's like, well, we didn't need that. Like actually Tom's hand was the last shot of Southbound pretending to be Chad's hand yeah. oh, right. in Chad's jacket because it was literally coverage of the hand. something. Oh. Yeah. It was, it's the most masculine hand in the whole movie. I just have a grotesque hand and it's unshootable. <laughs> you know, we had to argue with Chad about his grotesque hand right. and then we, Tyler and I won and we shot Tom. Luckily Chad is actually sort of humble and he understands his own weaknesses. Yeah. So. His but, his yeah. His, yeah. Just the one hand though, which was the knife carrying hand. Continuity. Yeah. Continuity. Yeah, your left hand is awesome. Yeah. Um, I know that, I know that on, on um, Devil's Due, 
Jimmy in particular, we found out later it was because he wanted us to be spending more because yeah. we were under budget. Yeah. But he was like, we should shoot more. We should like we should do this. Let's try, let's try this stuff this stunts, way. Let's physical stunts. And that movie, obviously being a you know POV POV movie, you can't really shoot. Wait, coverage. I'm sorry. You said this is for Devil's Do. This is for Devil's Do. And and yeah, and and Eric too. Like, but there was there definitely Are seemed to be once they once they were more. Once they were familiar with how we were working, I think everyone, and I, and I think hopefully it's what we bring to everything well, we do, this idea that, oh, approach us. If you think that there's an idea that we're not seeing for some reason, like, come say it, because right. who, who the fuck knows? Maybe that's right. the right, maybe that's the right thing. Maybe that's the perfect thing that we're going to wish yeah. we had if we don't get it now. I think well, that goes back to, like, the first day and, like, the first few days, in our case, a lot of times where it's like, you kind of are figuring that whole process out, and you're like, well, how does how much does that person get to influence it is do, you know what i mean like what's yeah. the balance what's the balance with everybody on set right because once that gets going you're like oh this is fucking awesome i want this to go on forever right and i mean i know like we didn't use anything from the first day of devil's do nope. in the, not oh. a single shot practice in the movie. Yeah. and we actually just talked to another friend who's shooting something who apparently the exact same thing happened yeah. to right and uh because it's all it's almost like a burn day like and i know it shouldn't be you know and if, we if always you, talk about is there a way to, is there a way to have like a, like a like a negative one day before you go to get to your first day because that first day is always such a grind where when, where did you guys start that's, shooting that's so funny to hear that we start my first day was uh my my line producer did this intentionally which was he scheduled um because we had a lot of exterior on locations um uh uh, places, but this one was in a back room, so it was like the back room of like a whole a Whole Foods um, like employee lounge. So it was like controlled, and um, he did that intentional, obviously. But uh, I think it was a good idea. But that's funny hearing. I mean, I ended up using a, a good amount of whatever we shot that first day. But that's funny that you say it's a. That's burn really day. smart. It's really smart we, scheduling. Though. We just burned days. Yeah, we, <laughs> mainly on Devil's Due because it was this. It's like we're doing like a found foot. I'm sorry, POV movie that. Uh, <laughs> That, you know, it's like, it's such a weird, its own weird thing. I mean, we talk about it a lot right. on the podcast, but it's like almost like you have to learn a different kind of filmmaking and then right. also make sure that everybody on the crew and the cast all also understand it in a way that makes sense. So it's like, all right, this is, and it's funny because we should have had more rehearsal time. We just didn't. Yeah. Well, I mean, our first week was technically our practice, our scout location week oh, that right. we brought the cast to. Just oh, that's to right. I take it back. Going. We yeah. didn't have a burn day. Yeah. We did one day of... Yeah, that yeah. and then four days. Our entire Dominican trip was, was technically off the like books, right? location scout. Yeah, oh yeah. And then we ended up having it all in the book. So oh shit, basically I to, to like totally push the movie that forward. So Fox <laughs> couldn't say no. We're not gonna pull the plug. We're like already shot the opening sequence, so we shot it on our location scout. Oh, that's so yeah. Silly. So we yeah. didn't have yeah. our first day. I forgot about yeah. that. Our first day was our first day back in yeah. Louisiana. Yeah, the first day, the first technical day of production. Jimmy Dodson. Everybody was like when we were back <laughs> in. You didn't. You did intentionally knowing. That yes, to make sure the movie wow. to yeah. make sure the movie would get done. So I think the yeah. the takeaway here is line producers are smart. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, my line producer was great. Like he he's done so many small movies, so it was like he was kind of just showing me how it it was all you know how it's how how the process is all done. And for that, like I'm so grateful. At the same time, I think there's an interesting relationship. I'm sure with you guys too, with your line producer and you guys being the director of like what you need to fight for. Uh-huh. Um, and I think, um, I think I, we, 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 I think we got a good relationship where we, I didn't need to fight for much. And like, we both understood what we needed for quality. Um, but there, there was some other things I, you know, I feel like I wish I could have fought more on. I just was told there was no money and we couldn't do it, which is obviously we all know now bullshit. 
Um, so, uh, and that's their job. They're, that's yeah, right. their job. So it's a, it's a weird relationship of them lying to you and then you're not, like either calling their bluff or just accepting it. And it just depends on how bad you want, whatever you need, I guess. Right. right. Yeah. It's just choosing. Yeah. All right. You win that. this one. Exactly. I guess. I guess I'll choose to believe you this time. <laughs> it's like a, it's like conversation of bluffs pretty yeah, much. Yeah. Like. With someone that you like and respect and work with. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. And who also and wants... hired, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, literally. Um, yeah, it's an interesting relationship. So so what was like? What was the transition like for you going from shooting all the stuff you've shot in the past to doing a full feature that's all yours? Um, oh, man. Uh, I think... I mean, it's the amount of people on crew, even though it's a considerable, I mean, comparatively to a studio movie, it's such a small crew. It's like a hundred people. But like for me, I guess, and you guys, like we're used to 10 people. And so, I hear that. Yeah. And I think that was the most uh, exciting part too, of me being like, oh, wow, everyone, there are this many people working on it. The funniest thing you guys, you told me was on Devil's, on Devil's Do, when after you guys wrapped and you were like, can we help put away like oh, seat yeah. stands or anything? <laughs> that shit is the funniest thing to me because everyone who works, you know, who, who shot a short before is literally being trained. Like we don't know how it works when you're, when there's a guilt, when there are unions involved. Nope. You know, it's really funny because. Yeah, you have no idea. You just think like, well, this is what I've always done. I've always yeah. helped. We're always just doing it. Shoot. I mean, it's, it's worked like, in the past. So like, why would you just keep doing it? it? Yeah. yeah. And it's right. the same thing. Like, like acting in it, not acting in it, and you're obviously in your movie. Yeah. Directing How was it? Yourself. Yeah, directing yourself <laughs> on this level as opposed to before when it'd be like, you know, there's yeah, ten people on set, and it's like, all right, well, I'm. Was it any different? It was. It was different in that I didn't have people around that I had worked with before, and that I trusted their opinions on stuff. And I and because of our budget, we didn't have um, playback. Right. And I and that and that's and that goes back to the one thing with my line producer. Like I wish I fought for playback for my stuff. And I and I initially said that, and then he told me, you know, um, if you get this playback, you might not get the the song <laughs> yeah. you want at the end. What do you want? Exactly. <laughs> and literally, I was like, you know what? Fuck it. I'm just gonna do it without playback. And I and I I think it worked. Uh, you were fantastic. Oh my god, <laughs> sweetheart. You cut yourself out <laughs> here. <on> your <laughs> Um, and so I guess in that way, and I think that's a positive for you guys and that you, you have doing it as doing it with friends, I realized is, is could probably is more fun than, it's doing, a treat. It, than doing it alone. Yeah. I mean, we were doing Southbound Chat Iron in the truck on the first day it, and it would literally be like, dude, why are you fucking, what are you doing? Yeah. What are you doing? Stop doing this. Oh, don't. Always. Oh, you suck. Do it yeah. better. Yeah. Do better. <laughs> so when you're, so let's say that first scene, by the way, the car scene in Southbound is like, you know what I like the poster child for what I wanted my movie to look like the car stuff and I didn't I didn't get close to it but well yeah you did uh, you, you guys like right? you guys you guys have no, you're dark. better you're better <laughs> <laughs> I literally I showed my DP and I told everyone I, I, they called about your ramp was like, the, we're, the not, we're not gonna yeah, yeah. We're, processed, they're like, we're not gonna yeah. get shirt for that there's no way we're gonna no, do it. I, know. Tyler built it. I, yeah. sent, <laughs> I actually sent the photos of it to your to your I think you're UPM. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And she just never got back. I was like, yeah, 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 I know. <laughs> and this is we we eventually got a process trailer, but oh great. But that was the thing. Of How like, much does like a real process trailer even cost? It's like you a never thousand, used it. was a thousand a day. Was what well, we yeah, because you pay mileage and you have to pay a union driver, and they only yeah, yeah I, they only drive for like I a minimum of yeah. Line producer didn't tell you. Yeah. Did not tell me, but it was that that was another thing where it was like, I, of course, I wanted a process trailer, but it was in my head that we could never afford a process trailer. So I was like trying to think of alternatives and that's why I contacted you. But eventually yeah. we got one. So it was always like, oh wait, we could afford one. I just, they won't let you know what we, what right, they, we could right. afford. 
Um, and I never really fought for it because I was like, I like it gritty anyway. If we did like car to car, it could be cool. I'm, you know, which I'm so glad we did not. But yeah. you ended up using a processor. We did, yeah, yeah. 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 I was like, um, that looks great. Uh, that so well, tricky, it was... man. That's like the hardest stuff to shoot because in your brain, it feels like it's the easiest thing because there's really so like hard. two angles, three angles if you shoot something from the front. Right. But it's a it's fucking hard it's resetting the car right resetting it's the so, light i mean and the time of day is changing i mean that's uh, that stuff and I, the drive I, I time nightmares did you have like something like locked shit. off or we, we did we had um, we did we had it up in um um shit uh, where, where is six flags um, oh, like valencia yes it's santa clarita yeah and we there was a, an abandoned f- part of the five freeway it's amazing, by the way, that this is an abandoned freeway. That oh, that's shit. a great stretch. Yeah. Right? Well, they shot some of Semi Pro out there. That's where they did oh, all the driving shit out there. Oh, got it. Yeah. So we would go. So we'd go one way, flip around, st- shoot, still shoot the same thing, just go back. So we didn't really waste too much time on. And that it's stuff. like a five mile thing, right? Yeah. It's a good stretch. Yeah, it's a good stretch. Oh, that's tight. Yeah. Um, but yeah, but space. South, 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 the beginning of Southdown is fucking. Film LA, <laughs> film LA, collecting those oh, yeah, fucking right. pages. Our, 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 we had like <laughs> a <laughs> quarter mile maybe. That yeah. trip, yeah. and it was like, and it ended at a train track, so it was like, <laughs> we could do the scene like once and a half. <laughs> And then it'd just be like, and right. the car's slowing down, and we have to turn around, and we have to, and we were trying to shoot it at dawn, oh. so it was like, it ended up not being that, because it was too, yeah. it was like, we had like, what, one take at dawn? Yeah, one take and the sun was up, man, it was, yeah, it's, it's was crazy, like, the light changes so much. Wait, so when you, that anyway. mile and a half run, did you, sh- did you shoot and then flip around and shoot this way? Quarter mile oh, run. Yeah, Got quarter it, mile. Yeah, yeah. because yeah. yeah. once mile. we said, yeah. fuck it, and this is again one of those things where it's like on set, you're, you know, it's all the choices you make in the moment, where you're like, okay, well, I guess that's not at dawn anymore it's now just kind of morningish mm-hmm. and right so right. yeah i mean i'm sure if you actually look at it like the shadows kind of switch sides and stuff and we tried to do it the best we could but it right. was like it's well and i remember like the struggle of that was the, just making sure that it felt like you guys were going south as oh, stupid as right. that sounds like that nobody oh, that has ever oh, given a fuck about the best shot of the truck driving into the valley the it's actually driving north side. at evening so we need yeah. to shoot that in the evening, we have to yeah. cheat it. We have to cheat it. At, yeah, at night, at sundown, to make it look like a sunrise. <laughs> oh, we did that. Yeah, we did that too. So Nobody would have ever cared. No. I I was there, and I didn't care. <laughs> yeah, that's but that's when you true. got to post, did you think? Did you notice that it mattered or didn't matter? I think that you're you feel you're glad that you yes. that you did the work to make yes. it feel right because right. for whatever reason it you just it sits better with and you. I think for sure, I think sure. Yeah. it mattered to us yeah, which it was mattered. what's important and we you're, needed to believe it you're yeah. so right about that man because there is so many times where like my post super would be like we look at visual effects shots and she'd be like it's not that's not going to change a movie like it doesn't matter and I was like no it matters to me right you know what I mean like I noticed that there's a half a person in that shot like because visual effects right. are in my post you know what I mean so. Yeah. You're right, yeah. and 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 I I started to have that mentality of no no I will notice right, and you and take th- you can't take yourself out of your own movie. That's like, the truth. You gotta see That's it. Well, and and again, like it's an it, it, something is only the equivalent of all of the little pieces that make it up, right? So if you start yeah. making compromises here and there, and then all of a sudden you have this weird sort of compromised version of what was in your head. And if you can stick, if you can just stick to your guns and fight for it to be done, yeah. Even just like that a sounds few, like a dream. Like, we ever like, like, a little, like a little bit better, then you know it's hopefully things. Did you have to make a lot of compromises, like budget wise or anything? Yeah, I think I think I, I can't think of anything off the top because I, I feel. I like, mean, you wrote it to be low budget, right? Yeah, yeah, I wrote it to be so low it budget. Fit. I, I there were compromises of like you, you know there was this bathroom I wanted to shoot at at um. USC 
um, the bathrooms to me at the concert. And I was Your like, favorite bathroom? Okay. It was like, it was, well, because I, I was like, it has to feel like a concert bathroom. And all the bathrooms they were giving us were like office bathrooms. And right. I'm like, that doesn't feel right. Um, and there was one that cost maybe like 15 grand. And it was like, you know, be the day shoot. And they were like, we're not going to be able to fill this bathroom, blah, blah, blah. And I, that was the compromise I wish I had stuck to. because I'd, I'd, It just feels like a concert you know. bathroom. Where'd you end up shooting it? Um, it was a college in uh, Monterey Park. I'm, it was like LA, I think it was LA City College. I'm totally blanking, but um, yeah, I, I don't know. They're, they, yeah, they're a small. I think I think I was just happy to be getting a location. At, at a certain point, you're just yeah. like, I gotta make this happen. And then they give you options, and I'm like, well, that's that looks that looks great for the options that we have. Right. You know what I mean? The USC bathroom is the bathroom I really wanted, but so in, in that way, I, I guess we made I, I made compromises location wise and. Um, but yeah, I don't, I, I, maybe, maybe I wouldn't have made a huge difference. I couldn't, it's, it's the thing where like, you don't know, like, like you were saying before, like no one knows until you're in post and then you go, Oh fuck, this doesn't look right. Or this does look great. You know, like we don't, right. no one knows and you have to just go on your own instincts at a certain point and, and hope what you're, what, what you have in mind is going to, you know, play out in, in editing. Did you do any rewriting based on locations? Cause that's something we, we do a lot of like, all right, this is what we got. Now let's like rework the scene a little right. bit to that's make what funny. we do have fit. Um, no, I, I mean, I, I didn't, I, I was, I was punching up throughout the process, but I, I think, I think all the locations were kind of like what they were and it didn't really affect the dialogue, but like what, from what, what movie did you guys, what were you, did you have to rewrite based on location? I mean, VHS, yeah, just definitely, yeah. we just, oh. we just had the kind of beats. And then once we found the house two days before we started shooting, we literally just walked through with our beats and we're like, Okay, so then this is where that'll happen, and then this. Okay, we have to write something for this, and then this, this is, is not right. Yeah, we kind of like laid the attic and. Stuff. And then right. even like on the, the day, it was. I I remember this that we had this whole bit where you walk behind the house, and there's like a kind of joke scare, false scare behind the house. Oh, I forgot about that. But on the day we were like, we shot it maybe six or seven times, and it was just not. The timing was weird, and we were finally like, oh no, the timing is weird because it's not fucking working like we should yeah. this is it's the not wrong funny. It's this is not funny this is like and and so even on the yeah on the day we were still doing a ton of shit and, but the location was all it was all very specific to yeah what we had and i mean it is it's, on set it's just part of the whole thing that you know i'm sure we all talk about all the time where it's like you know you write it and then you shoot it and it's a totally different thing and then you edit it and it's an entirely new thing yeah. sure, and you're like true. all right well this resembles that and i see how it got here but this is a, just a different version better or worse you know yeah. and hopefully better like i mean that's i think one of the best things about yeah. that for us has always been you find these cool little surprising things that you're like yeah never would have thought of that sure. i would also say that's the lesson that you think you've learned but that you relearn it's and it's hard every time to actually tell the story that your footage is telling instead of what you set out yeah. to tell because you get it that's in you get in post and you have something very specific now you actually have the real pieces of the puzzle to put right. together right and it's so hard to get the version that was in your brain out of your brain so that you can actually do service to the things you you actually have to work and with. I mean, to and that it's end, scary. Though. Like that's always a really scary thing because you you always feel like you're at a deficit because it's never right. it's never the same as right. what's in your as what's in your head. But one of the best pieces of advice I think we ever got was when you're hitting a wall with your edit to take the time, go back tonight, read the script. Oh. And then that's a good see idea. what's changed cuz maybe something, you know, maybe out with the bathwater kind of thing where maybe you just forgot about something or like and it was like oh shit that's a great little tool i i wish you would have told me that that's a, it sounds like it's it's go crack the edit, edit man time. <laughs> we've already cracked that edit a few times uh, I can't go. yeah um but that's a that's a really good idea 
it's all little things. I'm so happy that I speak to you about that. I'm like the next one, yeah, it sounds it sounds right too. Yeah, it sounds I mean, like a very just a very logical thing to do is to go back and read the script. Do you know what you're working on next? Um, I God, I did. There's one thing that I, I can't talk about, but it's, it's so fucking exciting. Um, <laughs> I I just reached out to ETA about how excited I was about this, and I don't know. We'll see. Knock on wood, it'll um, uh, it'll pan out, but uh. It's uh yeah it's it'll be fun. Oh, I guess. Sorry, I can't talk another shit. seven and a half years. <laughs> <laughs> if it's Chad, this, it's worth That's it. Chad. <laughs> voice of passion. Your dream. Um, I actually have a question about the writing. So, having written the script, and then going through the sort of seven and a half year waiting period before it got made, what sensibilities changed in you over the course of that seven and a half years? Like, did you find yourself going back to the script to do a polish and sort of bringing? new perspective i mean that's that's a long chunk of time how have you grown over the last seven and a half years (laughs) it's that's that's a great question i mean i'm sure like anyone who you just wrote something timeless (laughs) (laughs) i did did a pta it was timeless yeah no it was um a lot changed i think the the voice all the jokes changed like what i thought was funny eight years ago wasn't so funny to me and i feel like there was i think there's a little bit of a expiration date on on a lot of the, the humor that i had then and I, I'm sure I'll watch this movie eight years from now and be like, oh, yeah, it's not great. But um, it changed a lot. As far as the storyline, probably not so much. I probably, if anything, I might have, in a bad way, overcomplicated it, I think, at certain points because I felt like it would be more interesting. And then I realized the more simplified version was the better way. Yeah. yeah. Um, so I think there's there's something to be said about overworking a script and, and doing it for... And, 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 and changing the original um, uh, um, the seed of the movie that made it charming or interesting, you com- I've, I, I think I complicated it at times a little too much, and I, and I didn't have to. So as I got older, I learned how to fuck up scripts more than when I was yeah. younger. Great. Yeah. Yeah. How long have you guys, what's the longest you guys worked on a script? Five days. <laughs> <laughs> Love it. Uh, we only usually write one draft, and then it's, we shoot it. <laughs> good question i mean we write everything you know it's like you know you know because you've actually been in a ton of our shit back in the day but it was always like we write very quickly and then kind of rewrite very quickly and then sit on it and then shoot it and so it's like it's all just i feel like for us the most the bulk of the time goes into the edit like right. which i think you know the more we do this the more that's Man. part of the learning process oh true you know like because the you get it's what you were saying earlier about knowing how to edit helps you on set and you know writing yeah. helps you know how to edit etc it's just a big circle and so the more we do this the more i know that we talk about like oh we've just got to be smarter about what we're doing on set like we've got to be smarter about what we're getting on set because right. you know especially like with a even slightly larger budget it's like well we can't be fucking dicking around like when we used to shoot shit at new line you know on sunday right. it would be like cool we have the building all day and we can just do whatever we want and if we yeah. get something cool if not who cares but so, yeah, I think being smarter about it is one of our big, like... Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we tried storyboarding once, and just the guy was a dick. <laughs> <laughs> what do you mean? You tried storyboarding? Do you not storyboard for stuff? We do, like, shot lists, obviously, but, like, but storyboarding, it's, like... I mean, that's something we really want to do next time, but for the first two movies, it was found footage, so, you know, you kind of storyboard, yeah. but it's, like, so much of it is, like... Well, the person holding the camera is going from here to there, so that was more about proving that we were doing something, proving to like mom and dad that we were <laughs> that the mo- there was something creative happening. <laughs> but it's one of those tools that it's like 
yeah, I, I mean, dream world, you know what I mean? And it, it goes back to like overwriting a script where it's like, cause you know, we all come from a place of like, well, we have $5, we have a friend and we have a camera and a little free time. So mm -hmm. let's just go make something. Yeah. And then, you know, as we got into like, like with VHS and then since then it's been, we still bring that with us better and worse, you know? So sometimes yeah. it's like, maybe we under prepare when we should prepare more, but we don't have time and you're kind of like, fuck it, let's just go. I gotcha. So... I think yeah, there's also there's this there's this one of the things that one of the lessons that we learn and, and keep learning I I know I learn this every time in particular with the edit is if it feels like it has come really easy then it's probably too easy that like there's probably a more interesting way to do it if you feel like you just like slap it together and it's oh that it's working that was easy chances are like you I can make your first cut there's something that you need to there's something that you need to adjust to make it a little more interesting a little more challenging that it's it's the same as like oh if you if the script just like flows out of you and is really easy then it's probably kind of predictable and it's like not you know th there, so there's it's gonna sell right away. there's problems yeah, here right yeah, exactly yeah. but that but that the work the like it's every step of it is hard work yeah and and sometimes you have to go through it to return to like the the like original version of it <laughs> you know like we which we've done like we i know on southbound we edited 12 versions of the opening before we ended up just kind of going oh. back to but then when we returned to it we had we had we were fully informed by every other version of that we had tried <laughs> right. so now we could do the best version of what we, we didn't we, have the monsters in the first version yeah i mean in the the first version we did everybody we were working with basically was like no it's stupid you, you see the monster too early and we're like well it's the first 12 minutes of the movie you're gonna see the monster in that 12 minutes so it's going to be early and then we were kind of hitting our heads against the wall the first cut that we showed people and we were like oh that fucking sucked mm -hmm. and then we were like you know what fuck it we're going to go mess it up and we're going to do the version it goes back to the script we're mm -hmm. like doing the version on the page which is chad looks back sees a monster mm -hmm. the monster sees him the next beat there's a thing and then we're in the thing and then we did it and we we're like oh that is the point like, right. let's stick to that. Yeah. Like, Show the monster doing opening credits. Yeah. <laughs> I think when you try to outsmart yourself and think that... I think there's a balance to what you're saying. If right. something comes too easy, maybe it is too easy. And then maybe it needs a little bit more work. But I think also at the same time, I think it's overthinking it and sure. trying to make it more complex than it is, I think takes away from the original seed of the idea. And it's something that I, I did for sure. Um, but yeah, I think, I think it's an interesting balance between... And I like... I actually like... I don't know how you guys are now, but I did like how organically or, or organic you guys operate on set of like, if something's good, you go, oh yeah, shoot that. Oh, totally. We still do that. Yeah. I, really? On Devil's yeah. Due too? Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Fuck, that's amazing. Definitely. Were you nervous before your first day? I think ultimately I was, there was so much prep that had happened that I was so excited just to start shooting and I didn't want to talk about anything. I didn't want to talk about locations. I just wanted to get there and just get to the meat of the movie. And, and so I was, I was actually more excited just to get over proving shit and start shooting like what that's great you know what we all want to do yeah, is to be yeah. on set already and just start shooting that actually ends up being the easiest part of it <laughs> i mean it really it's, it's the like most really fun, shitty bro. and hard and then you have this nice break of 20 whatever days yeah. when you're making the thing and then it gets really shitty and hard again but like the shooting is actually kind of a break because you're it's a, there's the a limited part. amount yeah. of of influence and sure. like the rubber's meeting the road so people stop trying to you know wrestle it away you know or, or steer it in a different direction and I remember, I mean, I, and Devil's Doom in particular, I remember just like, holy shit, it's, we're doing it and it's like totally calm now. And obviously the, there's, you may have to make choices and put out fires, but right. compared to sure. pre-production and post, it was like. Well, when everything is conceptual, it's, 
just the biggest mind fuck because it's yeah. like well why isn't maybe the shirt should be white maybe it should be red you're like Ugh. yeah maybe yeah. we'll fucking shoot one and if it's not working we'll change it right i mean i mean you guys are obviously in a has have done a studio movie so i mean I, i'm so interested in figuring and in, in seeing what that's like one day it sounds similar to what you did. I mean, we didn't have a huge crew. No, it was small. It was, it, to, to the studio standard, it was a, they called it a skeleton crew by union results, but it was still like 70, 75 people. I mean, for us, it was gigantic. 75 oh, people, God. skeleton crew? Okay, right. great. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's wow. a fat it was, a, it was a, like yeah. one of the smaller Fox movies, yeah. you know. Your budget was uh, eight, 8 million? Yeah, 75. 75. Oh, like a billion dollars does. I mean, right, of course. Yeah. But I, I guess I was also talking about. Um, just the influence of like, is if there was a studio note being like that shirt should be red instead yes. of blue. You know what I mean? Like, hey, I mean, I think our big takeaway was that all of the rumors are true. I mean, <laughs> we had a good experience, but like, yeah, it was like a lot. It was like the stuff that you hear. Like, if we were doing it, it'd be, hey, I'm at Target getting a shirt for this character, and they have blue and red. What should we get? I don't care. Whatever's cheaper. <laughs> Moving on. This was like. Well, we're going to have to get everybody here early to go take pictures, do this thing. And I mean, I've talked to a lot of our friends who have done this, and yeah. they all say the same thing. They're like, these notes in pre-production, yeah. the pre-production notes. The Once we were on set, working with the studio was fantastic. It got was it. like, it was normal. It was like working with anybody else, where it was got like, it. they have a different opinion about something. We talk about it. It's good. We figure it out. Like, wonderful. But it was the pre-production that was like the head against the wall. Yeah. But, so did you, but you, have, you had a costume designer who would just pick out stuff for you, and you go, okay, great, this shirt. Mm-hmm. And then you would get no. Well, we lost we, we, one of we our. We let go of our costume oh, designer oh, two right. days before we were left for the Dominican Republic, and we had to go that night to the one we yeah. didn't hire and befriend her at the bar totally and be like, yeah. "Hey, guess what? One we of will." Amazing beggar, Ann Walters. Yeah, she was awesome. She was amazing, and ended up being one of our really closest friends oh. the entire time during the shoot. Um, but like, but really made us suck up that. Right. Yeah. <laughs> that, that was kind of yeah. brutal. Fair and then the next day, we went with her to Target and to like Macy's and everything, and we got all the entire wardrobe for the entire week. Went the with her. Yeah. But even then, dude, That's like so all that funny. shit needs Why? approval. I mean, we oh, like, like they the... did like a show. We had to do show and tells. Everything That's had to be photographed on an stuff. actor and sent to the studio for them to. Which I can't. I mean, I can't imagine. I'm sure there are executives that love that, but I can't imagine. Sitting at the desk and getting emails of like 15 costumes and just being like do i what the fuck you know and it's also the kind of movie you're making where it's like the movie we were making was very much like this should just look like people look right. and you know right i mean i know right. one of the biggest talk about standing up for things you wish you kind of fought more for one of our big things was like because you know it's about a couple and they have their first kid mm-hmm. and we were like we want this to be a couple that is relatable to like people our age going right. through this and Part of that is living in a somewhat shitty house mm-hmm. or and or apartment. And this was like a, okay, here's the shittiest house we can possibly find in New Orleans. And we're like, well, this looks like the three nicest story. house. It was like a, a three-story, five-bedroom, three-bathroom house, like massive. Yeah, and it was like, no, no, this is this is this looks cheap. And we're like, no, it doesn't. Wait, you know? just really quick. Your locations manager found the houses and studio said, this is the house that you have to use? It, we narrowed it down, and then it, we were kind of oh, bullied into a... I yes. see. Yeah, it was yeah. definitely like, this is the house that feels right. Yeah. You know, and I think the note that we kept getting was, houses on TV look... Or what is it? Couple, I, right. You guys remember that? Uh, yeah. Couples... No, people live people better live on, on TV. Yeah. People, people live, better, live on better on TV. TV. Yeah. We're like, well, not in our movie. But right. then they did. So <laughs> then they did. But they live fine. But it's, it's we won the car. We got the car right. Remember, it was like an old, like early 2000s 
Outback or something like that oh, that yeah. he drove. So we got that that part That's true. close. So I mean, at that point where you we you didn't want to fight that, and you were like, okay, let's let that go because you want to pick exactly. your battles at that point. It's kind of what you're saying with the bathroom, where it's like at a certain right. point you're like, these are our five choices. This is the best of those five. Yeah. So okay, cool. Let's just right do it and make the best of it and move on right you know exactly. and also too like producers on the studio side with that too so we didn't have him in our corner for that because he wanted the bigger nicer house and so it was kind of us versus him and then also the studio and that's like, interesting all right we'll just like, yeah it wasn't worth we'll have this awesome energy. house yeah <laughs> i'm always interested when i you know hear about people who do studio movies who have the like the real fuck you i'm doing it my way conversations and it's we didn't have that option so much, obviously. I think it was our first time. Mm -hmm. They're watching over us, you know, and it was a good experience. We didn't have fights with them. Right. But I also don't know if we would have won them if we did. Yeah, I think that <laughs> I think the number of battles that that would have turned in our favor would have been very few. Yeah, exactly. I also just don't I also think it's just not we did we our process isn't born of like that kind of that kind of fighting and conflict like we yeah i yeah. mean we're i mean and ultimately <laughs> and ultimately we feel like if someone if someone disagrees it's probably because there's a better choice than anything that's been presented so then the goal is to try to find out what that is and obviously there were times where we 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 actually won a lot of we actually won a, a surprising amount of i think creative battles on that on that project yeah we did did you uh edit your movie I did not know. I had a guy named Robbie Schaefer who, uh, who is who's worked with the Coppola family for many years, and he worked with um, Roman, um, and he's cutting something right now for Francis Ford Coppola, and he and he was a treat. Oh, that's awesome. He's, and he like he knows his movies, and he he actually is like a, 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 an avid fan of comedy. Like he goes to live shows when he was down here. Like he so he loves. He loves a different range of things, and I really liked him. We got along really well. He's he was he was one of the few guys. He's one of the few guys on the movie who took a lot of pride into doing what he did. Like he would go in on weekends without me and cut stuff, and and I'd email him and be like, "Hey man, what do you think about this?" And he's like, "I'm right here. I can do it right now." And oh, that's awesome. he would stay super late. Like he was first in the editing out. Like he really put his life on line. Like his, so awesome. his, all of his creative juices into this movie, and I'm so happy and proud that I met him. Like he's fantastic. That's great. Yeah. One of the things that I think is so cool about your movie is that you have that mix of comedy. And like heart, you know, like that really comes through. Yeah. And was that something that you had in the old drafts? Is it something that developed over time? And you know what I mean? Like, was that, oh. did you set out being like, I need this to have like, I don't know if it ended up in the scene, but like the scenes between you and Cleopatra Coleman. Yeah. Did those end up in the movie? Yeah. I, I actually put those back. Yeah. Dope. Because they're good. Oh, thank you. But stuff like that. You know what I mean? Was that something that you were like, I need this to have a nice balance? Did you find that balance in the script? Did you find it in post? Yeah, um, I I think it always I always want, thank you first of all I appreciate you are that. welcome I hope I hope it does come across and uh, it's something that oh, we used to be roommates. <laughs> uh, it's something that I, I think it's just the way I write. If I don't care about people or it, it feels too heightened of a character and it feels too false, then I'm never invested. Right. So I, that's always my goal, and I'm I'm glad that came across. And um, with my stuff and Cleo stuff, that that was a later add-on, probably like a, a year ago of where I wanted everyone to have a vulnerable moment and to not be a one-dimensional character. Right. So I, I hope that, I'm, I hope that comes across or I hope like that did come across. And when's it coming out? You don't know yet. Um, I think it'll be uh, March, March next March, 2017. Yeah. I got one, one last question. Um, in terms of just working with your, 
with your cast. Mm-hmm. And uh, I mean, having having written the script, how married how married were you to what was scripted when you were shooting those scenes? Were you did you did you show up really wanting to get a version of that, or were you really willing to you know kind of stretch stretch the boundaries of that and kind of explore it? Like, what was the sort of balance that you found when you were you know, when you were working in the scenes. Yeah, I mean, I think like you guys, there's very limited time for rehearsal. Actually, we even had, like, I just had, I think I would call in our actors just to do a table read, or a very loose table read. And then we can, and just kind of hear them say the words out loud, and that was already helpful. So when we got to set, I wasn't, um, I wasn't really super strict with the words, although at times, there were certain times where people take the liberty to improv, and I swear, I always say that I feel like Seth Rogen and like Jonah Hill, like they all fucked up the improv game of like, because they're so good at it that everyone feels like they can do it. Right. And and everyone's been like, oh, wow, these guys knew I can do it. And, they, and people start going off script and you go, oh, wait, can you just go back to what was scripted? Because they're not, they're not hitting. At the same time, if something hits, you go with it. Or I, I go with it and I was like, oh, yeah, it's good. Do that one again. You know what I mean? But also have a take script. I always had like one scripted as right. a backup for... Yeah, and I'm and when I got into editing, I was so happy I got that back up, you know. Um, yeah, I so I I think it's a I think it's a balance uh, of of doing scripted and improv and finding what's the funniest. I mean, I never wanted to be. I I hear because Tony Rivellori is in my movie, and he would tell me Wes Anderson was just like every word, like fifty takes, do it scripted, and you know you don't you never improvise. So Tony, when I told him that he could, it was like a fucking new world to him. He was like, oh shit, like I can go off script. Um, and he had some really good, funny, like real moments. So I, I, yeah, I think there's a, there's a balance. I mean, do you guys feel the same way? Yeah. I mean, we, we do the same thing where it's like, let's just get it right the way we wrote it. Cause we know that'll work story wise, if nothing else. And then from there, see what happens. Right. Kind of fuck with it. Right. I mean, and again, it comes down to time. If we have time to do extra shit, great. If we don't, as long as we can go home with the basic version, it's like a safety net. Yeah. I don't like lines. Yeah, I think a lot of times the improv is not saying anything. It's actually oh, yeah. cutting lines Definitely. out instead of ad libbing. It's it's oh. communicating with like looks or action instead of <laughs> instead that of adding is, a line. Dude, that is so <clears throat> interesting because my my editor um, who works with Coppola says that Coppola does script to take, and then he'll do a single of you. Um, just reactions so one person saying his lines and you're not saying any, it's just reactions right and then you he'll flip it around and do the same thing and i think it's so genius to me because when you get an editing you're like fuck just shut the fuck up for it. i can get a totally. look you know what i mean um yeah. and also I, I recently heard mike berbiglia um i think oh he was um fresh air him talking about it. i don't know if you guys heard that but he, he talked about the same thing sometimes a look is more powerful than saying anything and and so like he likes to just get just kind of looks and reactions and i think i mean that's something that i learned too i'm like oh man it's so helpful in post it's the i mean in post if you can cut to someone Ugh. and they've got it registered right yeah. you're like oh, yeah, exactly. gem here's my question for you guys do you think that you guys could direct a movie on your own now if you were like let's say hypothetically you were to break up not to be so negative but uh do you do because <laughs> oh, you yeah. function as a three-headed monster at this point do you think or more you have more people i guess on your team but do you think you could do it separately or would you want to do it separately? I don't know. I mean, I, can't I, I won't it. even look at these guys and I'll answer first. <laughs> I can't do anything alone. Fair enough. <laughs> yeah. That's Chad, right. by the way. I, I, yeah, I was going to say basically the same thing. That I don't think, I think that 
and I think for you guys, I think I can speak for all of us on this. We'd all have like the basic tools to do it, right. but we've also learned so well doing it together that there's like a weird alchemy that you're just kind of like, yeah, I mean, sure, you could go get through the basics mm-hmm. and do fine. Like, you know, you know how to fucking do set it up and do the right thing. But like at the end of the day, you know, just because you can play guitar doesn't mean you're in the right band kind of thing. You know what I mean? So yeah. it's like. I also think hypothetically, if that were to happen, but if any bands are looking for, a- <laughs> <laughs> if that were to happen, I think that we would immediately go to the other members of the group for their advice, right. their notes, their thoughts, their everything. You know what I mean? Like it would still, if that were to happen, I think that because we are all so uh, like aligned just creatively yeah. with what we, well, love, Tyler and, and I are like good. basically married. <laughs> Our second marriage, second marriages. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, right. But yeah. there's like, I think that there's, we've, you know, you spend a lot of time like developing the kind of creative trust and right. it would feel, it would certainly feel something would be missing. Yeah. What sure. you did being just a dude <clears throat> terrifies me. Right. Like being, Hey, I'm the guy here. I'd be <laughs> like, Oh, fuck that. <laughs> yeah. I mean, during the, I think I didn't really hit me until like third week of shooting where I was like, yeah, it'd be nice to have someone on set that I uh, trust creatively. Right. You can watch the screen, tell me, direct me a little bit. For sure. well, you had three weeks of shoot? Man, no, big movie. How long was big your shoot? Movie. Uh, it was 20 day shoot and one um, one reshoot day. Yeah. Additional it's photography. It's the real day. deal. It was a, no, it was a, it was a reshoot. <laughs> <laughs> it was definitely a reshoot. Was it the car scene? Yeah. yeah. Um, let's talk about music. Your, your movie has to do with music a little bands? bit, right? And uh, yeah, who are your favorite bands? God. But like, are there songs that you wanted to get in the movie that you were able to get, or songs that you weren't able to get, or because yeah, that, that budget thing is always an issue. Yeah, I, before we even started, is this um, your helicopter coming in? Here we go, <laughs> big shot director. God, as a director, I should spot that immediately, and I don't. I'm just starting to uh, tell me when we clear sound. We're good. We're good. Um, before we started pre-production, my my music supervisor, uh, Kira uh, Lehman, um, he uh, he has such a a good ear for like low budget stuff that's a, just about to, like pop, and that's why I wanted him on board. So he sent me, I literally he knew the budget and he sent me like a, a folder of just low budget indie artists that hadn't come out yet or had just come out, and so I heard, there was like three gems in there that I was like, oh my god, this is so good, and I used I ended up using. Uh, two of the songs it's, uh, had about yeah two songs in the movie that he sent me probably before we started even shooting. So I knew like what the concert song was gonna be, and I knew what this bathroom song song was gonna be. Um, and the other stuff like the there's an end song, maybe like two other songs. I literally threw in the most in edit in editing. I threw in the most expensive songs that fit the scene. So I had like this Fat Joe French Montana song that, all the way up that was like a hundred thousand dollars, and I had these other expensive songs in it. But I, I, I wanted just to, um, I, I wanted the scene to work first, and then I was gonna replace it. So I ended up replacing it afterwards. But um, that I, 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 don't, I don't know how you guys do it, but that's kind of the way I worked. Of like, yeah, for sure. I was just like putting the song that works now, and then we can like scale it back and find a song that's equivalent to that. It's crazy how fast you fall in love with something. Oh though. my god! Like we oh we had songs god. in Southbound that we were just like, oh this if it, if we, it's not this song, then we're <laughs> fucking no, we're just gonna quit the movie altogether. <laughs> Going out of my head was the song yeah. before uh, 
the one with the party in, which became like a yeah. big theme in the movie. And it's funny because now I can't picture it without it because it fits so perfectly. It became like the yeah. right song. Oh, so missing, missing persons, persons for yeah. the opening. Well, was we like, didn't get that, so that's the opposite. Because right. I still miss that every time. <laughs> 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 and then, actually, and then, I do love a sack. What was the end song? The Fur. Some weird 80s band that no well, one... first had, it was Missing had, Persons, right, and then right. it was Pure. some band that literally no one's ever heard of. Who wanted 30,000 aside, aside. Ooh, for yeah. a track that literally was the first time any of Even us Even our music supervisor, who, who knows every fucking song ever made, she was like, I've never even heard of the band. And we were like, wow, but you just spent a week tracking them down so they could tell you, give us 60 grand. Ooh. Which was like, what, a fourth of our budget? A fourth of the budget. <laughs> right. Yeah. It's crazy. So... Is that the process for the whole process? movie, not just music budget? Movie budget, not just music budget. Sorry, what were you gonna say? For your so, was your process the same thing of like picking songs that you always? Like, it's just then, like yeah. what's the song that we could put in your dream scenario? Right, make the scene work the way we want to. And then the problem has we've definitely hit the problem sometime though where we're like this like for to use that as an example that what's now like our sax song in the beginning and the end of Southbound was this song by Missing Persons. Uh, that like fit so perfectly and it just had like the perfect juxtaposition, the timing, the feel, mm. everything about it was right. And so we kind of cut to it. Like, I mean, we edited to it and then right. because of, again, everything I feel comes back to the budget and the time. Yeah. It was by the time we realized definitely can't fucking afford it. Right. It was too late to do any major edits. We were locked. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So then we kind of had like a Hail Mary with our sound or our, soundtrack guys who did the whole score and they were like do we have this one cut that like we you know recorded like a month ago but if you guys want to try it and, and we can tweak it to picture if yeah you and then they yes. tweaked it they made it fit and then right. it worked well because like we had like a ramp up that it's like a road shot that then ramps yeah. up because it fits the missing person song mm-hmm. but then when that song wasn't in there it was like well now the it's a lot of tire but we were right. literally <laughs> sitting we were sitting in the final mix with with our sound guy and he had three tracks in it and he was like guys which one of which is it going to be and we're like looking for other songs trying to figure out like what the fuck i mean it was like that that down to the wire so you were were you locked picture at this point yeah Yeah. oh got it so you were just going to bring that song into mix and then have them drop it in yeah yeah we did that too (laughs) (laughs) it's crazy right i mean it's like just to the last minute we we got one song i got one song in um there's a scene with where tony is um packing all stuff in his room and like uh, we had a we had a, a song in there that just didn't quite work that that my composer did, and then we saw it in mix, and then it was like, oh fuck, we need something with lyrics, like something with lyrics is gonna drive. And so I like I went through all of Kira's stuff that he sent me, and we I found one song from this artist in Arkansas that's so dope, and like I just and we got it for a very good price because we were so low budget, and we dropped it in, and it, I, I'm so happy, like it, it sounds great. Like, I'm so awesome. excited for you to hear this. It's crazy oh, that like that. choices like that can get made so late in the game oh and have God. such an effect. On yeah, them. exactly. <laughs> like, well, in the movie, that's like yeah, his yeah. big like com- like realization. Yeah, and, like, for sure. For it's sure. so funny that you don't have that like that, that was in the script. That, know. You know what I mean? I had a clip song in there that <laughs> that with Pharrell. <laughs> That I, that I thought I could get, and, and everyone was like, "Chester, take this fucking out." And we're no, we're not gonna get this fucking hundred thousand dollars song. I had Nas made you look. I had like <laughs> the biggest songs in hip hop history in there, and everyone was like, "You're fucking insane." But I'm, again, I'm so happy with the stuff that I have now. Like again, I, like what you said, I, I can't see the movie without it now. Which is great. Yeah. All right, so that was Chester Tam. Hope you guys enjoyed that interview. 
Next week, we're going to be talking to Brian Witten, who was a studio exec, now an independent producer. He worked at New Line and Paramount, and uh, he's worked on a bunch of great stuff like Wedding Singer, Final Destination, American History X, American History X. Um, and his his our conversation with him is really fun. We follow him all the way from when he moved out here, started working as a PA, all the way to being a studio exec, and then to becoming an independent producer. And that'll be available next week. You can find it on our website, highradiosilence.com, Twitter, Facebook, all social media, High Radio Silence, and uh, anywhere you get podcasts. Let's see it. With radio silence.